Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. We just pushed record and now I got all nervous, but we were just shooting the shit. (laughs) Sarah was telling me how much she, ready for it, this is what I told her was the most embarrassing thing she's ever said, is that for a brief moment, she missed high school. I did not say that. What did you say? Okay, so (laughs) I just made a story on Instagram about how like songs hit you in the feels, you know, because I was driving home from the gym and like all these songs were coming on and they were just hitting me in the feels. So I posted on my, I posted on my story about like, <laughs> Nicole's just laughing at me. I posted on my story. Okay. What are the songs that hit you in the feels? Or like, what's a song that takes you back to like a very specific moment in time? Mm-hmm. You know how songs do that? For sure. And then one of my, like my, one of my best friends from high school, we literally did like a grad speech together on friendship. We like quoted stepbrothers, like, did we just become best friends? Yep. (laughs) Anyways, so played basketball together and stuff like that. Um, She messaged me and she was like, live like you were dying by Tim McGraw always takes me back to this time when we were at our friend Whitney's shop. She used to always have parties in the shop and high school was like almost over and basketball was almost over and we like had the best basketball season and the two of us and then our other best friend Travis Shansky were all like like hugging and dancing and crying to like live like you were dying and we were so sad that high school was gonna be over and so what I said (laughs) so and then I said to Nicola the saddest thing about that is that we were sad that high school was going to be oh, all sorry that's what it you was. know <laughs> still embarrassing because still. looking back on high school is like so cringy and like you know but then when you're in it you like thought that those were like going to be the best days of your life you know did you though <laughs> i was definitely I not one of those people who was like this is the best oh. i have to stay here there were good times for sure yeah like i said when you got to like see a cute boy in the hallway that you just made out with or (laughs) you get an a plus on your math test you know we can have it both ways right Uh, so those were like good moments in high school but like overall it was like eh, suck I think that I mean sports made a huge difference like sports for me were like such a big thing you know but thinking back to high school and like I had no idea who the fuck I was I was always trying to like prove something I was like not a nice person looking back on it now I'm like (laughs) I hate myself from that time you know but it's like when you're in it you're just so consumed oh for sure you also have like a little mush brain that's undeveloped so yeah yeah, we can forgive the oopsies yeah made in high school if you're in high school and you're listening to us right now, I don't know if any high school people Probably. listen to us. <laughs> They're way cooler than yeah, us. We're not. Are you kidding? They're like podcasts. We've moved on from that type of communication. 
Um, there was, you know, that rod guy that like makes the funny TikToks and reels that are like super relatable for millennials. Mm. No, okay. Nicola never watches reels. Anyways, if you're listening and you're a millennial, you probably know Rod. His thing is like just Rod or something, but he made a <laughs> <laughs> he made a reel and it was like, what's like the most scariest thing that's ever happened to you or something? And he was like, I walked into a room of teenagers. Oh, <laughs> and jarring. I was like, literally, that is teenagers are fucking terrifying. That would be so scary. Yeah. I, okay, let me. We are going so off topic. When I was in university, I did this really sweet volunteer program where we, as college students, learned a ton about like sexual health and education and then went into high schools to teach sex ed. I'm not sure why they allowed us to do this, but it was, I mean, A, so fun, but also like so hilarious and terrifying to step into a high school and then to talk about condoms and contraceptives and sex. But like picture yourself when you're in high school. I was so excited for sex ed. I was like, this could be so juicy. We're going to talk about all these fun things. Like, let's talk about it. And then we got like the most lame condom demonstration and like that was it yeah like so to walk in and these kids were like what's anal (laughs) (laughs) like all of that kind of stuff and it was so hard to keep the composure because I was like well let me tell you you do not want to try anal just right off the bat oh my god that's so funny (laughs) oh yeah I uh remembered in grade eight or maybe I think we were older do you ever also have memories where you're like, did that actually happen or did I just make this up? All the time. Okay, so this is one of those memories. So if you're someone who listened to me who I was friends with at this time and you know it's true, please let me know. <laughs> but we, there was like a, I don't know if it was like the 50th anniversary of like our middle school, which was grade six to eight or something when we were in high school. So we like came back to like celebrate and see all our old teachers and stuff like that. And Remember when like the TVs were on like those rolling carts <laughs> and it yes. was like movie day and they'd like roll the TVs yes. in? So wasn't there like the, the TV people, like the volunteer students who would be like, yeah, bringing it in? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, Mr. McGrory, which was like everyone's favorite teacher, he also made me cry one time. That's a story for another day. But, anyways, there was a TV in his room and we were like walking around and we were like, oh, I wonder what's on the TV. And it was like sex ed. So we like turned the TV on and we kept the video playing and like everyone was like doing tours of like the classrooms and stuff like that. So people would like come in and there's like the sex ed video and we thought we were like the funniest people. I'm like, I don't know if that actually happened or not, but I have a memory of it. That, that's way too specific for your little brain to right. have just made that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. Like there had to have been some truth in that. Hilarious. Anyways, okay, so what we're going to do today really more needed. of this more of this kind of um we're gonna do a Q&A so we went on the gram and we were like ask us anything personal nutrition fitness mindset etc so we are just gonna rapid fire through some questions here should we set a timer uh I mean we talk about keeping them half an hour but if we include the rant that we just had it'll be longer but we will say that we got a lot of questions and some are 
kind of easier for us to answer and some require a lot more nuance and Mm -hmm. could probably have a whole episode made about them so while we thank everybody for participating we will probably save those more in-depth topics um, and make like a full podcast about them so if we didn't cover your question today know that we more than likely will um, just more in depth later on Mm -hmm. okay we ready three two one go yeah let's do it okay oh we shouldn't start with this one it's gonna be a long one we'll just start with the fun one it is kind of fun this one is kind of fun okay Someone said, rant about uneducated fitness influencers giving, quote-unquote, top-notch advice. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, This one's tricky for me because immediately I'm like, ah, but we all start somewhere. And my heart goes out to, like, new coaches who are, Mm -hmm. um, like, still trying to find all that education and discover, like, their their best selves inside coaching and all of that kind of stuff because we're always learning and we've done an episode about this before but like pretending to situate yourself as an expert in the field is so goddamn exhausting Mm -hmm. um so my first thing would be like the rant that will ensue I don't want to be taken for new coaches as a reason that you shouldn't be getting into something because there are we're always learning I'm constantly learning new things or like making mistakes Um, But I think it's about like how we own them and how we show up for our, our clients um, with as much like integrity and like human centeredness as possible. So that's my segue. That's my only like, yeah, buzzkill about what could be a hilarious rant. For sure. And it's, you don't need formal education to be a great educated coach. You know, I think formal education is a great way to kind of easily pre-qualify someone right? But I also know tons of people who have formal education who spew pseudoscience and who are horrible coaches, right? So just because you have formal education, coaching isn't about necessarily just information. It's about being able to package up that information, communicate it to a client, and then package it up differently, and then communicate it to another client who's way different, and then another different client, you know? it's a lot and like applying what you're learning, applying mm-hmm. the nutrition principles, you know, applying the science, etc. So yeah, it's tough. Um, but that said, there is a lot of bullshit out there. Um, and as consumers, it's sad and scary to think mm-hmm. about the fact that people spend their time and their hard-earned money um, in certain programs and buying products, et cetera, because someone has positioned themselves as a quote-unquote expert because they have abs or, you know, they look a certain way. Um, And I think that it's almost like, I don't think we fully realize the harm that can be done mentally and physically, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's concerning. Yeah. I wasn't even like thinking about the whole like social media presence and how like apps can absolutely sell a program. Um, but oof, that is a big one actually. Um, when we like see a person who represents like, I'm doing hard air quotes when I say this body goals, right. That's a term that I think we should put in the dumpster and set on fire. But, um, (laughs) 
it's really easy to be like, oh, that person knows how to create a body composition for themselves. Clearly, they're going to be able to know how to do it for me. Um, And that's rarely, if ever, the case um, that what works for someone else is going to naturally be applied to you. So, um, like, by all means, someone with, like, a really lean physique could be an absolutely amazing coach. Um, But that can't be the only thing we're basing their qualifications on. Mm-hmm. And like Sarah said too, I don't think the only thing we should be basing their qualifications on are like the letters behind their name. For sure. Um, yes, more education is power, but it doesn't always translate. Um, I think like professors at university are such a good example of this because they have the highest level of education and know so much about their niche subject. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure everybody listening can think of a absolutely terrible professor who had no idea how to teach, who lacked so many other skills like social communication yeah, um, and just like couldn't fully demonstrate to the students ways to apply the knowledge um, outside of their tiny little scope. And so I do think that that is something to be aware of too. Um, So, I mean, like when you are, I think we're assuming people are coming across all of these coaches on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, read what they're saying, not just looking at the pictures, not just paying attention to like the certifications or degrees, but like, what are they saying? Is it a message that could be applied to you in your body, in your stage of life, with your lifestyle, with your stressors or lived experiences? Um, Does it align with your core values? Like all that kind of stuff are important to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And I think are important when we're talking about education education is not just like the things you learned while you sat in a classroom education is life education is like how they treat relationships and their emotional intelligence and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and I also think it's important to not hire a coach just because you want to be like them you know and I think that's a big problem with our industry is that coaches try to create this like weird posse following of like all of these people that want to be like them you know and that it comes across in their language it comes across just like in the way that they speak right and so when you're looking at hiring a coach you really yes look at their education and their experience how long have they been doing this what kind of clients have they worked with have they worked with a client like you before you know I just had a client a potential client emailed me the other day and shared a little bit about herself. And she um, lives on like a, she lives in like UN compounds. So she didn't give me exact details about what she does. But so when I was replying to her, I straight up said like, Hey, I have never worked with someone in this situation. I have no idea what it is even like there. So there would definitely be a learning curve and it would take us some time for you to really fill me in on like, what it's like there right right? what kind of access to food yeah there'd be so many questions yeah um so yeah asking what kind of clients have you worked with or do you like working with um getting a feel for who they are as people um I think is really important as well so and don't be scared to ask a coach questions you know when I was Mm -hmm. looking for a nutrition coach I like there was so many companies that you don't even get to talk to a fucking human before you sign up and you're yeah. just like, how can I put my trust in this person if I don't even know? I don't know. It's just weird to me. So don't be scared to ask questions. And if someone doesn't 
have the time to answer your questions or seems like annoyed to answer them or whatever, maybe it's not a great fit for you. Um, yeah, I mean, once you're in a relationship with them, like how is that going to be if they were annoyed for you yeah. even reaching out? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was less ranty than it could have been. I'm proud of for us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. A little more regulated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll move on to the next question was tips for journaling practice, how we use a journal and what we journal about. Ooh, I like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh gosh. Over the years, I used to like joke about how like up and down my journal felt like I would only use it for like a really, really good experience. And I would only use it on like a really, really terrible, tragic day and nothing in between. So like going back and reading, I was like, holy shit. Um, But even then, I think like the, it was a cathartic practice and it sometimes helped me like work through situations or I think I just wrote about things that I knew I'd want to revisit later because they were good memories good reminders things I didn't want to lose hold of mm-hmm. um I I think my biggest recommendation for journaling in life is if you are going through like a big life change or doing something like travel take a journal then because those kind of like unique situations don't come up very often and they can be really cool memories um really funny sometimes and often bring like really cool insights into um like your core values or things that worked really well for you or things that were a shit show um and offer a lot of like learning for you to look back on um but currently i don't use my journal those ways at all (laughs) are you using it currently yeah I do I've gone back into the practice but it's by no means like a regimented thing Mm -hmm. it's still like when I feel like it um but it's not so much like from a high low it's more like when I'm feeling like I need time for me I'm just like maybe feeling a little introverted maybe I'm PMSing a little bit um but it's more like just a way to get thoughts down on paper and sometimes I don't have the thoughts so I'll use journal prompts and it's Mm -hmm. just like a self-care practice of writing things out and setting aside time for me to actually be intentional about thinking things through at a deeper level, which I don't do often enough in like day to day when we're like work and busy and on social media and all that stuff. So that's kind of like my practice now. Um, And like you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I often use tarot cards to prompt what I'm going to journal about, especially on days where I don't necessarily have a topic or maybe I do. And I'm curious to see like, a different way to look at it so I don't pull tarot for like necessarily a spiritual practice I'm not like great at reading tarot I would never do it for someone else Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have those skills so that's not my scope Um, but I just use them as a personal tool to kind of like think about things a different way yeah they're fun um yeah Yeah. and I like journaling for that purpose yeah I think the most important thing if you are trying to get into a journaling practice is to remember like it's for you. So yes, we can look at what other people do and other like routines and stuff like that, but really it's about what feels good for you. And I've been struggling with this a bit personally lately because throughout most of this year, I've been like really, really routine and regimented with writing in my journal every single morning. And I would usually do like some sort of reflection or maybe I would use a prompt. Um, So I was reading this book called Rise, Sister, Rise. So there was like a whole bunch of prompts in there Um, or I would pull a tarot or I would just um, like look up journal prompts online and pick one if I didn't know what to write about. And then I would write about three things that I'm grateful for. 
And that was kind of like every single day. And lately we talked about this in the last episode, but like my mornings have been less structured. I haven't been really doing a morning routine, which I definitely need to get back into, but I need to look at it of like, okay, maybe it doesn't need to be as structured or as regimented as it was before, because that's not really feeling good right now. I'm like resisting it for whatever reason. Um, so I haven't wrote in my journal very much lately. And before I stopped writing in it, literally every day I was like writing the same shit. Mm, like it yeah, was like, gotcha. cause it was just like a to do. Yeah. It was just a to do to do. And I didn't, I would just like sit there blankly and be like, okay, I have to write something. And it would always be about work. Uh, <laughs> and I was crazy. like, yeah. And I, is it crazy though? <laughs> uh, I guess that's, yeah, it's yeah. obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like oh, yeah that I makes was like, total sense for you seems like a waste of time right now so I haven't been in it very much we did a few like we did a tarot poll together a while ago and I always do like my monthly tarot um so I'll go in there and journal about that but I think yeah just approaching it from like okay what do you want to get out of this um mm-hmm. it's a really great tool for introspection if you are using prompts or if you are reflecting on certain situations Um, And it can also be a really great way to just get your thoughts out on paper. So if you're feeling like super overwhelmed or if you're feeling like buzzy or uncomfortable, set a five minute timer and just write everything that you're thinking. It doesn't even need to make sense. It doesn't need to be in full sentences. Fuck, you could draw some pictures in there if you wanted to. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. I often doodle in mine too. Yeah. Well, yeah, your doodles are nice. Mine would be like... (laughs) Like, is this a fucking two-year-old? Um, Nicola has the nicest handwriting. Like, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> I like to be modest in my day-to-day, but I will say that I have very nice Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're great. You're good at art, too. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, that's enough about journaling. Next yeah. question? 10 Number out of 10 eight. would recommend. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Just do it do the thing um okay someone asked about our individual journeys into fitness and how we both found crossfit hilarious cringy Uh, is it cringy my you go first my start of my fitness journey was full of like nikki blackiter youtube videos and like you don't don't a millennial influencer (laughs) i assume seriously just like buff bunny and like Oh, so I would like watch these girls on their vlogs and they were like these skinny blonde girls and they not were, that there's anything wrong with being skinny and blonde, no, but like I we're that painting was, a, like, yeah. yeah, that was like what I thought I needed to be or what I wanted to be, you know? And right. so I would like eat the shit that they were eating and like do the workouts they were doing and it was very like bodybuilding focused, um that kind of stuff. And I was solely in the gym to like change how I looked. And so it was really interesting when I found CrossFit. One other good thing that came out of my past relationship is finding CrossFit. (laughs) Nicola and CrossFit. Um, When I was with my ex and Nicola's partner, Brandon, they were roommates. I was not, (laughs) that sounded bad. (laughs) When I was with Nicola's partner. um, So my, (laughs) my ex and Nicola's partner, Brandon were roommates. And so obviously hung out with them a lot and Brandon did CrossFit. And so Brandon kind of introduced it to us. And so we started doing CrossFit in like a conventional gym. <laughs> Wild. Like hilarious. 
Um, and then when Brandon and Heather opened Fuel, that's really when I like started CrossFit. I started going to that. So that was in like 20, what, 15 or 16 or something? Uh, 2015. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, and that was like literally life-changing because I went from exercising to change my physical appearance to now training to see what my body could do physically, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and that, I mean, that whole shift made it so much more enjoyable and has like completely, completely changed my life. And I know mm-hmm. CrossFit gets shade and like, you don't need to do CrossFit, but if you can find something, whether it's like powerlifting or I don't know what other like bodybuilding, running, yeah. triathlon, sports. Yeah, something that allows you to develop your physical capabilities and not your aesthetics. I mean, you can want to if you want to change your aesthetics, that's cool, but if you can find purpose in your training beyond that, it just becomes so much fucking better. Yeah, totally. Oh. Both can absolutely exist. Yeah in the same domain um yeah that's cool it's fun reflecting back on all of that I think it's funny when people ask like how long have you been doing CrossFit (laughs) because I've been doing CrossFit for like 10 years but you would not know that to see me in the gym (laughs) so awesome but you know what I love that for myself. I used to be embarrassed when people would be like, how long have you been doing CrossFit? And I'm like, oh, well, I should be so good considering I've been doing it for so long. But like, I always had, I looked at it always from the lens of like, this is fun and it's a style of movement that I enjoy. I never really wanted to be competitive with it. I went to a few competitions and was like fucking so nervous through the whole thing. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not for me. Um, So how did I get into it? I just want to interrupt there for a sec because I think that's a really important point. And I think that there's probably a lot of people in CrossFit who, I mean, yes, it's a competitive thing. If you want to compete, cool. It's also just competitive on a day-to-day of like trying to be better than you were the day before and trying to improve. But if you are not someone who like wants to be able to do bar muscle ups and walk upside down on their hands and like do all this crazy shit, like that doesn't mean that it's not necessarily for you, you know, like you can do CrossFit Mm -hmm. from a place of like, this is fun and I'm going to do what I can. But like, if I don't get better at this thing or if I can never do that thing, like it doesn't matter to me, Mm -hmm. that's okay. And I think that sometimes that gets lost and it might hold people back from doing it or starting it or going to their first class or whatever, because they have this idea in their head that everyone who does CrossFit, like wants to be so fucking competitive you know? You're so wise. Such a good point. Well, you brought it up, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you played a lot of sports growing up. I played soccer and just, like, fell completely out of love with it when I was 16, and then I just, like, was a runner for fucking God knows what reason. Absolutely no hate to runners. Bless your souls. (laughs) I just like now that I've found something else, I'm like, oh, running is the absolute worst. I don't love it anymore. Um, But I did a lot of running and like did a few half marathons. 
Um, and then in university, there was a gym and I had like a free access to it. So I was like, oh, let's go see what this is about. And I was absolutely that girl who was like on the adductor, abductor, like yeah. doing my like, <laughs> leg crunches, lots of like core work, um, lots of like little hit workouts, things like that. Yeah. Did you ever do... Did you ever do like, and this was like from those videos where, you know, the assisted pull-up machine had that like yeah. pad thing that you'd put your knees on, totally. you'd like step on it with one foot and then you'd do like a push down. Oh no, like a- I did not. I wish push I had. Like oh my God. <laughs> no, I didn't know very much. And I definitely wasn't like on YouTube looking at anything. I was like, this is something I do after I study and makes me feel pretty good. So whatever. Um, I did a lot of like those like hit classes and spin and stuff Mm -hmm. like that literally just like feeling out what felt good and I knew I liked to exercise Um, but when I was working at a bar in town um, my like really good friend and manager was like I just started CrossFit you should come and so my mom and I actually went and did like the fundamentals. Your mom went? Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, was... my mom was like super excited about it because she was also like looking for something new. Yeah. Um, so we did it for a while. Eventually my mom was like, eh, I don't love it. So she stopped going, but I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was absolutely terrible. And I thought, I was like, I think I'm pretty fit because I did a lot of running. Mm-hmm. I did all my like... 10 pound dumbbells and I was like I'm gonna be pretty good at this I think um and I do like move well and have decent mobility so I had that going for me but I remember the first workout was like uh ab mat sit-ups wall balls and probably I don't know like rowing or something pretty easy easy I mean in like technicality um and I could not walk the next day I was absolutely fucked up and I was like oh my god I'm actually so not fit and I remember having that reaction of like my ego is flaring up right now and telling me that like I can't go back I just embarrassed myself but for whatever reason I kept going back and like I think it was the friendships at first that kept me going because it was just Mm -hmm. so fucking fun to Mm -hmm. go in and have your crew at like whatever time you went in um and there was just always something to be better at and it was so exciting in those first like few months or that first year when you start like getting a pull-up or squatting body weight and those wins were so addictive Mm -hmm. but it was like fuck yeah I'm gonna show up every day if I can keep feeling this good and yeah eventually like I found some different modalities inside CrossFit that I really liked um more like functional bodybuilding but I still go to CrossFit classes it's still super fun yeah. You've been getting back into more CrossFit lately because you were on the functional bodybuilding, not moving fast train. Yeah. I kept saying I'm allergic while. to going fast. Yeah. Give me all the hypertrophy. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that there's so much flexibility in it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many different things. So yeah. Um, with that, why don't we move? I'm going to jump through this list to a related question. What is your favorite and least favorite CrossFit movement? Oh, I feel like I have to define favorite first because like favorite as in like you're really good at it or favorite is as in like you have fun doing it. I don't know if there's I feel like you have me. fun doing things that you're good at. It's not fun doing things you're not good at. Uh, 
I'm like, but like some movements I feel like like a clean and jerk I find really fun but I'm not right. that good I think it's like th- those things easy to like make a small tweak and like feel better about it or like right continue to repeat and get good at it um mm-hmm. come easier or like make me feel better than like strength things that I'm like it's gonna take a lot of work to get there right um but in general I would say I really like back squatting a lot mm-hmm. um I like strict pull-ups a lot and I like cleans yeah Hate snatches yeah that's my least favorite snatching <laughs> you couldn't snatch for a long time for your shoulder though yeah true and now I'm like just kidding like testing the waters again so trying not to hate it trying to be open-minded about its potential maybe it'll be my favorite next year I thought you liked bench press a lot does that count as a crossfit movement uh if it does (laughs) count me in that's so funny I do like to bench press you're right yeah I my favorite is definitely like any kind of squat or snatch or clean and jerk like lifts the lifts and mostly because I feel like I'm pretty good at them you are is why they're my favorite. Um, <laughs> my least favorite is definitely ring muscle-ups because, well, okay, that's a lie. I don't, mm, I just have, I have a love-hate with them. You have feelings towards yeah, them. Yeah, like I have multiple feelings. So maybe that's not my most hated. Um, if I see it in a workout and I'm like, oh, dumbbell thrusters. Ooh, yeah. Those are, like, if I see that in a workout, or even wall balls. Like, I really don't like wall balls. Uh, Better or worse, dumbbell thrusters, devil's press. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. They both suck so much. (laughs) I feel like devil's press because, like, devil's press is better. Yeah. Only because it's probably going to be lower reps. (laughs) Like, you're not going to get the same, like, you would have, like, an obsessive amount of dumbbell thrusters compared to <sighs> press in a workout you know okay so you're really gaming the system with yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah anything with two dumbbells I s- am very bad at one dumbbell thruster single dumbbell thruster cool single dumbbell push press cool double mm-hmm. dumbbell any of those fuck me up interesting interesting yeah okay okay we're gonna get off the crossfit now we're gonna get to Nicola and I's favorite question to be asked <laughs> Sorry to whoever asked this. It's yeah. a good question. It's just like maybe our most frequently asked question. The most frequently asked question, the most easily Googleable, Googleable question. And it is just a question that like doesn't allow us to fully like do what we love to do in coaching, which is like the relationship side of things. Okay. So the question is, what are your top favorite foods to get enough protein? How do I get more protein? Like, okay, this is a valid question because, I mean, we talk how often about how adequate protein is super important, especially for females who are wanting to build muscle. Mm-hmm. And lots Great of people health, struggle with longevity, it. And lots of people struggle with it. Yeah. But it's tricky too, especially when you say like, what are your suggestions? Because like what I eat, you Me. might not like, <laughs> or might not fit your dietary preferences, or you might get sick of it. I am happy to eat chicken for most of my meats because I'm chicken princess princess. I love it um so yeah it's just it's like it's very much up to you I can understand when people are like already eating like meats so vegetarians vegans aside if we're some if we're people who will eat meat and animal products 
it a is a lot easier to hit your protein we'll fully acknowledge that so i think maybe sometimes this question we get is like aside from meat right what are some sources Um, and we have like lots of resources we give our clients on this we have like a full food inventory um and like sarah said like yeah it's a very easily to google thing um so let's just run through maybe like other than meat animal products huge like great protein just got to watch like what the fat content fat content is in there for some people who are being mindful of that one thing with that too is if you're already eating meat one of the easiest ways to increase your protein is to just eat bigger serving yep. so if you're having chicken at lunch and you're currently having three to four ounces have five to six ounces mm-hmm. you know um whatever so yeah that's yeah, where don't i need to reinvent the wheel great yeah. point Okay, non-meat sources. Um, my next go-to, a whey or non-whey protein powder. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I get the question too, like, is it okay to be having whey or different type of protein powder every day? Yes, it is totally fine. In fact, whey is a fantastic source of leucine, an important amino acid for muscle protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. So by all means, have that whey. Um, if you are not great with uh, lactose, there are tons of other options, um, be it like a vegan or plant-based source where it's coming from like uh, mostly rice or peas, things like that. Um, but there's also a brand MRE, which is an animal-based protein, very delicious, very creamy. Um, you can get lactose-free whey as well. Hmm. Um, like the diesel is lactose-free. Mm-hmm. And it has added digestive enzymes. So that's a way that like my stomach can pretty handle okay. Um, but, and then with the, if you are taking a vegetarian or vegan um, protein supplement, just know that there's not as much leucine in that type of protein. Okay. So you might need to supplement with a little bit more in order to get adequate amounts of leucine to support muscle protein synthesis. Um, so that's something to consider as well, but yeah, whey protein, egg whites are another one. An egg white protein, actually. There's a few brands that have egg white protein, a little bit more pricey, just like you'll see with the MRE, the animal based, a little bit more pricey, um, but totally worth it if you're going to actually use it. For sure. Um, but yeah, I was talking about cartoned egg whites. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so adding those to scrambles with like a whole egg, right? Because a whole egg has a decent amount of fat with it and not as much protein. Whereas when you have just the egg whites, it's all protein. Okay. So you can add those to breakfast scrambles. You can bake with them. You can add them to your smoothies. You can make oatmeal with them, which I know sounds really gross, but it's a thing. No, I just go gagged when you said add it to your smoothie. Like absolutely not. Ocean drinks them straight. Have you seen her stories of that? (laughs) Ocean, if you're listening right now, I don't know how you do that shit. She literally drinks them straight. Wow. Dedication to the game. Yeah. I would not recommend that. Um, Yeah. So that's a really easy one. Uh, Dairy sources are great if you are someone who can tolerate dairy. Um, That's also an animal-based protein, so it's a complete protein there, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of good ways, so like Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, all that fun stuff. Um, There's, if you drink milk, or like if you eat cereal or you have milk and stuff, there's actually, I was looking because I wanted cereal the other day, and there's this brand of milk called Fair Life. Okay. And it actually has way more protein than regular milk. So if you drink like normal milk, 
Yeah. They also had a lactose-free one, which I bought. Oh, cool. Well, people should try that and let us know how it is. Yeah. So when you're looking at, say you're buying milk or cottage cheese or something, look at a few different options and see which one has the most protein. You know, you can look at the food labels. Same thing if you're buying like bagels or wraps or bread. There's certain breads that have extra protein and fiber in them, which can be really helpful, except the protein wraps from Costco literally taste like a hole. Do not buy them. Brandon just did. Oh, fuck. I made a story about that. I I know. I warned him. And then he brought them home and he's like, are these going to be good? And I said, no. And his face was like, oh. Did you try them yet? No, I'm not even going to bother. He's like, yeah, they're not the best. Um, Aside from that, thinking about like regular food options that you can sub with a higher protein option. So even when it comes down to like flour, a lot of the times if I'm baking or making waffles or pancakes, I will not use a regular flour. I will use Kodiak cake mix because it has has a higher protein content. Yeah, really good for muffins. Also, like, we'll supplement with a smoothie or make protein, like, overnight oats um, is a great option. Mm-hmm. There are, like, higher protein cereals and things like that. Um, another option is to look at the side dish that you're having. So, like, our rice or sweet potatoes or regular potatoes and opt for a higher protein option, like legumes, beans, lentils, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, quinoa, even if you're just, like, increasing the grams a little bit. Um, if you're struggling for protein, that's still a step forward. For sure. The biggest thing with this, I think, is it's just going to take some planning and preparation. Mm-hmm. Literally had this conversation with a client because for the past, like, six weeks, her, like, to-do for the next week has been, like, work on getting that protein up. And she <laughs> said to me, like, I'm just not doing it. Like, why? And we've gone through, like, a specific what a day of eating would look like. We've talked about all the different options. And we were, like... It's really coming down to, we just need to do a little bit of extra prep and make sure we have the things in the house, mm-hmm. totally. you know? Um, and I think that that's more like all of you listening, you know what protein is, you know what foods it's found in, you know, it's just a matter of planning out your day a little bit ahead of time, maybe prepping a crock pot full of chicken. So you have it on hand for the week, having some Greek yogurt in the fridge or having some deli meat in the fridge, you know? Yeah. Or God forbid, like a random protein bar in your emergency kit. That's yeah. something I've been working on with clients is having an emergency kit in their car. Um, especially in summer where like after work you get the invite to go to a friend's place and like lo and behold, they're not having protein with dinner. And so like you have to supplement somehow. And so, or like you go out for like a hike or anything like that, just finding quick and easy options that you're going to enjoy as much as possible. For sure. That's, that's what we're after. Um, should we note maybe... Um, any notes for vegans or vegetarians because it is harder definitely for vegans and vegetarians to hit their protein especially because um, vegan or I should say just plant-based protein options are incomplete proteins meaning that they do not contain the full amount of essential amino acids Mm -hmm. and so you need a little bit more variety and since those proteins are often less bioavailable generally you need more yeah. Which is like a mind fuck for people who are already struggling to get protein. Um, so that I understand is definitely a work in progress for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes some supplementation with um, like a B12, things like that are important too. Yeah. Not sometimes I would say. All the time. <laughs> okay. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it is going to be harder if you're choosing to eat that way. And there's nothing wrong with eating that way by any means, but just understand that 
it's going to be a little bit more difficult and you might have to get more creative for sure. Okay. For a question that we don't like, we spent way too much time on that one. So let's move on (laughs) to the next one. Um, Maybe we'll just do like a couple more. Are any of these ones that you really want to do? Um, I'm just trying to, I read what weird food combo do you like? Oh, and I'm like, Oh, do I like anything weird? I can think of a few blueberry peanut butter and sweet potato is really good. Wild. Yeah. So you can make like a baked sweet potato with blueberries and peanut butter, or even just the blueberries and sweet potato is good in like a salad. Oh yeah. Okay. I can definitely see that. I feel like I don't eat too many weird things. This was a terrible question for me to pick. <laughs> I'll circle back if I think of something. Well, do you like any weird condiments on like weird things? Like ketchup on eggs or Ew. <laughs> you don't like ketchup on eggs? No, I think that's revolting. Oh, I love ketchup on eggs. Mm. Like people who put ketchup on right. um, anything but hot dogs, french fries, hamburgers, really. Uh, although, okay, hash browns. Um, but mac and cheese with ketchup oh so good no the smell combo <laughs> brad puts ranch and ketchup on his like breakfast scramble yeah, well brad is a wild animal what's with guys and sauces it's like okay this is how I, if you would like my scientific aka my one study on brandon <laughs> men have a low tasty threshold <laughs> this is a term i have coined and by low tasty threshold, what I mean is that I could give Brandon any food, plain rice, gourmet dinner, something I baked by hand versus like a donut from the deli. And he's like, wow, this is delicious. Are there seconds? Versus like, if I have a plate of rice, I'm like, Ugh, I am unfulfilled. Right. Like, this was like, yeah, carbs, but like, ah, I need something more. Yeah, I gotta have some sort of like flavor, flavor. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't understand like what things that taste good are supposed to actually taste like, right? And therefore they can't. Um, uh, what's what I'm looking appreciate. for? Appreciate, appreciate. Yeah, a well cooked, well seasoned meal because right. they're just so used to being like fucking sauce, ketchup, yeah. ranch. Like those two are. One. We have a friend who said anybody who uses ketchup has the palate of a four-year-old right and no one over <laughs> the age it. of four should be able to use ketchup uh, i won't go that far but what dudes... about on your grilled cheese no <sighs> absolutely not the yes, only thing that should go with grilled cheese is pickles oh yummy yeah oh, i forgot to put those on mine yesterday yeah. anyways That's i don't have any food combos that i can think of but now you have a new way to annoy your any male partners or friends you have and just pester them about their sad and pathetic low tasty thresholds yeah but it's also good because then i don't have to make fancy shit and he's like wow you're such a good cook that's true i made this rice for you then when you do make something nice and they like don't even taste it without sauce and they (laughs) lather it in sauce and you're like i literally just slaved over that it has such great flavor and texture and you're not even going to be able to You know? Yeah. Fuck. Um, okay, let's do two more. Okay. Um, oh, I like this one. What do you prioritize in your personal relationships? Mm. Uh, 
Okay, are we talking like friendships or are we talking I was just real romantic? Why don't we do both? Okay. Um, I think it is on a personal level to feel like really good in a relationship. I like when my like love languages are met and acknowledged. Which so are? I tend to what's that? What are they? Uh, it's interesting because with our therapist, we recognize that they've actually shifted in the last year. Um, touch has always been my number one in um, like my romantic sexual relationship. Um, so with Brandon, touch is huge. Um, even just like holding not my with hand. Me. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think touch is my love language with anybody but right. him. Yeah. Um, but my number two was always quality time. But in the last year, um, I've had a shift. My, like, last on the list with everybody was always gifts. But it's now number two with Brandon. Because it's just something that was, like, never really present because I never needed it. And for whatever reason, that's kind of shifted. Um, And I think maybe because my tendency in relationships is to give gifts. Right. Um, And so I was like, oh, I'm putting all this thought into, like, getting things for him mm-hmm. and I think I would like that too um so that was like a shift but that didn't really answer the question I guess so with knowing those are your love language love languages in your relationship with Brandon what do you prioritize then um we prioritize still quality time definitely so we will do um I mean we spend a lot of time together as it is But I think it can get really easy in our relationship, especially since we have so many like work, friendship, like all our domains kind of overlap. We can get really into like we're just best friends and we're roommates. Um, And so we kind of lose touch of like, what does our future look like? And we get complacent in that way because we're just like generally happy being around each other. Um, So something we have been more intentional with is to like shut off social media, shut off TV, actually eat dinner like with each other or do things like relationship check-ins and have a really like thoughtful conversation about other areas of our life, like planning as like boring as it sounds, like planning finances together, planning like how we interact socially with other people and checking in on like that balance um checking in emotionally and having a conversation like do you feel right now that there's things not on the table like is there anything not available in the relationship that you would like to see or anything you feel you haven't been able to say right and so we I guess that's something we prioritize is like a we don't have a schedule to it but a check-in and I think making more of an effort to do that with friends and family would be something I would like to start prioritizing too because it's super easy to just not take people for granted but just enjoy them and not acknowledge like the work that is involved in maintaining and like continuing to grow a relationship. Right it's interesting to think about that because I think I mean both of us put a lot of time and effort into the communication in our romantic relationships, right? So same thing with me and V. Um, we, it's very easy to just be like friends around each other, you know, and it's like you're, you're spending time together, but it's not quality time. Yeah, right? there's a huge difference between That's hanging out and like being with each other. Yeah. So one thing we've really been working on, um, especially with work, because both of us have the tendency, if we could talk about anything, it's going to be about work. <laughs> um, and so one thing that was an issue for a while was Brad would come home from the office and automatically just start unloading on me 
of like all the stuff that happened at work today, whether it was good or bad. And a lot of times, like I wasn't in a mental space to receive that. So if he was bringing up something that was maybe negative, or he was like, quote unquote, complaining about something, I would be like, okay, well, here's how you fix it. And he'd be like, I don't want you to fix it right now. I just want you to like, hold space for how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm you know? And so there was like some conflict in that. So one thing we've really been working on and prioritizing is having quality time. That's like not talking about the specifics of work. And if we're talking about work, it needs to be the more big picture things and more like about our future Um, or just not talking about that in general and having conversations about other things. Um, And then also asking permission. So Mm -hmm. this happened at work today. Can I share it with you? And for me, it's, hey, babe, there's some stuff that needs to be done around the house. Can I share that with you? (laughs) Oh, I love that, though. It's so good. So the asking permission thing. I mean, we're still working on it. And some days. Totally. God, we're we're humans still. But anyways, I was thinking it's interesting. We put so much effort and we like go to therapy and blah, blah, blah into like our romantic relationship. But I don't necessarily and like I'm not someone who has necessarily like a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a few very quality friends. I have a few friends who were very, very um, prevalent and important. Not that they're not important to me now, but like had a huge part of my life at one point who are still my dear friends, my best friends that I don't see as much, that we don't talk as much, etc. But like, I've never thought about putting that kind of relationship or kind of investment or time or energy into a friendship as I have in my romantic relationship. So it's like, why? I mean, I think that's probably pretty natural. I think because like friendships exist for such like an organic reason. It's like a connection and a trust that feels really grounding. And so it feels like it's has like some level of permanence. And when you like feel so safe, I think it's really easy to, think that that's just going to exist forever right Um, and it's probably in those more transitional phases like after you leave high school and say goodbye to friends or um if you move um or if like just different life stages like um if friends have kids or get married or things like that then you kind of like notice oh there's a shift and they're not so available or we don't talk as much or I'm not as available or you know those things And so maybe it's just like recognizing that, yeah, there is effort that needs to be made on both sides. Right. Um, And I don't necessarily know what that effort looks like, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. We were talking the other day too about like being introverts, right? Mm -hmm. So Nicola and I are both introverts, but I've definitely been feeling pulled to be more social lately. Um, Maybe it's to do with COVID and the fact that we haven't seen people. Maybe it's, I feel like I'm starting to develop better relationships with So I'm in Calgary now. I don't really have any of my own friends here. They're all Brad's friends. And it's like feeling like those are starting to like develop into it. I'm not just like Brad's girlfriend anymore. Right, right, right. Um, So maybe that's part of it. But I've just been feeling like I want to spend time with these people more. Um, And so, and there was a post that was going around in like the fitness people that was someone had made a comment like, is being introverted your excuse for staying comfortable because <laughs> because building relationships and being vulnerable with people is uncomfortable so you're just labeling right. yourself as an introvert and being like ah i don't need nobody right. i just like my alone time and like i don't necessarily think that's true 
I think that you're either introverted in the fact that like you recharge by being alone Mm -hmm. or you're extroverted in the opposite. But I think you can be an extroverted introvert and you can still have great friendships and still need that time alone. Totally. You know? And then you had made the comment about how our friends can all, and I don't necessarily love like our friends serve a purpose. Like I don't want to like devalue like the friendship, but our friends are play different roles in our lives. Right. And we have certain friends that play like a certain role. That's maybe more of like a introspective, deep spiritual role. Whereas we have other friends that are more of like a playful, fun, that kind of role, you know? So that's interesting to reflect on too. Oh yeah. I remember this conversation because I think it brought, got brought up because we were talking about like, are some, do we have a tendency to think about some friendships as being like maybe less valuable to us or because they're, they're seemingly superficial and by superficial, we mean like, maybe you don't have those heart to hearts. Maybe you're not, they're not the person you would go to in a struggle. Maybe they're not people who you share deep, like hopes and dreams with. Right. But I think there's a danger in like starting to label that um, because I think then, yeah, you're placing more value on one type of like relationship over another. But at the same time, I do believe that all relationships can serve a purpose. We just have to acknowledge that they all have value and that they just are different human beings bringing different things to the table mm-hmm. and they bring out different things in you. Like I have some friends where like I would never go out for drinks and like be social and like party to us like in a sense with. But I would go to them for like coffee and quiet time. And right. if they ever needed, if they were ever going through a struggle, like I would absolutely go and help them talk, cry, whatever, just like they would do the same for me. Right. But then on the flip side, I think it's easy to value like the fun, exciting, bubbly friends mm-hmm. as being like the superficial ones. But like if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be excited to go do any of that. And I would miss out on a lot of opportunities for fun in my life. And so they're, they do exist for a purpose, but no, they're not disposable and no one kind of friend is not better than more the valuable. Other. Yeah. 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 Such an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like the whole idea of trying to make new friends as a goddamn adult. Like, oh my God. <laughs> what a hot mess that is. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, it's just so, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Anyways. Okay. Why don't we do one more? Do you want to pick? maybe another fun one um is that fun uh sure (laughs) okay since we're kind of just talking about feelings someone asked what to do when you are feeling unfulfilled and this is kind of like a deep one but Mm -hmm. at the same time one I think maybe off the top of your head you can't some of you might not be able to think about like when were you unfulfilled especially like when life is good Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we all go through like different transition periods, whether we know it's a transition when we're in it or not. Um, and I think it's generally happening when you feel really solid in one area of your life and then are forced to, for whatever reason, take on something new or you're put in a different role or environment and things all of a sudden feel really uncertain. I think in those kind of like transitional periods, it's really hard to feel fulfilled because you're not necessarily like having um, 
a specific like new goal or new purpose or new role yet and it's like this pull between trying to stay not comfortable but attached to like the empowered place you have already created right and like what exists in that in between mm-hmm. and for me i think that's when i usually feel unfulfilled because i'm not excited yet about what's to come i'm still a little nervous or skeptical um, or uncertain um, and i'm i'm nervous to leave like the space i've built and i think there's that's often when i feel the most unfulfillment mm-hmm. um, and i think talking it through is a big one for me i like to process on my own first and so first step for me would be like acknowledging like what that even feeling is mm-hmm. um, and kind of going through it on my own and then probably talking it out with like Brandon or you or some other friends or my therapist um, is usually like my process in all of those kind of like big, deeper feelings. For sure. I think it's important too to recognize like we're going to have ebbs and flows. So it's not necessarily, if you're in that place, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's that feeling is trying to bring something to light. And we just did a episode on core values. And I think that if we're feeling unfulfilled, visiting our core values and doing that exercise is something that might be beneficial because if we're feeling unfulfilled, it might be because we're in or we're out of alignment with our core values or we're not in a position where we're able to live out those core values, right? Um, So I think that that could be something helpful is identifying those and then really looking at like, okay, am I able to embody those in my relationships or my work situation or whatever? Um, Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then also looking at, is this feeling of unfulfillment coming from external factors? So for me personally, I know there's been times where I've felt unfulfilled because I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Or I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing based on the age I was or the capabilities or something like that, you know, but it, those things weren't necessarily like what I wanted. It -hmm. was what I was supposed to do based on society or someone else, what else someone else wanted for me. Um, So I think doing some introspection, maybe journaling reflection, et cetera, there can be helpful as well to really determine like, okay, why, why am I feeling unfulfilled? You know, is it something within me or is it something external? I think mm-hmm. it can be helpful. Yeah. And I mean, like definitely a chance to kind of double check like your mental health status too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I've like experienced depression in the past, unfulfillment was a major part of that. Big um, time. And I think discovering that led to the acknowledgement of like, oh yeah, I'm absolutely going through a period of depression and it doesn't have to like define me, but recognizing like how closely intertwined those feelings can be if, um, yeah, if mental health is playing a role in there too, it can be something to, again, talk to your beloved therapist about. Get on it. Oh, therapy. We had a session with ours on Monday. Oh, we just had to cancel our next one because oh, it's on the same day as we're scheduled to now pick up our dog. So oh, I'm like, do we want to have priorities? Our, <laughs> or do we want to have our therapy session with like a puppy who's experiencing our house for the first time? Like probably not. Yeah. So. $200 down the drain while I clean up pee instead of talk about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those sound like not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I uh, was just thinking, what was I just thinking? About your recent therapy session? No, just um, feeling unfulfilled. And I don't know. I don't know if this is good advice or not. So like, whatever. But I feel like in those times, doing something that makes you uncomfortable is a really great way to kind of like explore that. And so what I was, and I've literally never done this, so I don't know why I just thought of it, but maybe it's because I like wanted to do it at some point, but like traveling by yourself or like for me, I'll go to like Canmore by myself or something. Um, Putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation can sometimes potentially be helpful in moving through that as well. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was a lot. Again, we didn't get to all of the questions. Some of them were a little bit more nuanced. So we will try to do some full epis on those. But yeah, we appreciate all the questions. There was a good mix of personal fun and then nutrition and life mindset ones. So uh, yeah, we we're going to save a lot of like the heavy hitter nutrition ones for their own kind of segment, or maybe just like a follow-up Q and A where we go into more like nutrition specific. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm going to end with a fuck. Yes. We already kind of talked about this at the beginning, but like when music hits you in the field (laughs) or like brings you back. Yes. High school. (laughs) No, (laughs) We had this conversation already just, or like when it brings you back to like a specific moment in time that you were like, so happy or so yeah. fulfilled or so aligned, you know, like, oh, it's just crazy. like, oh, a sad song. You're like, oh yeah, I remember right. how, how sad it was. It's so funny. Cause I don't necessarily like have a lot of sad songs, but there's a lot of songs that should be sad that turned like super empowering for me. Ooh, that's a fun so, twist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I'm not a musical person. Like I'm a terrible singer and dancer and that side of my brain just doesn't work, but it's just so wild to me how music can elicit so many emotions. Mm-hmm. Or like it's I said in my powerful. story today, like watching people dance. There's this girl on Instagram. She literally, so Tom was training her and like post reposted like a story or something. And I was just like creeping and I was like, Oh, who's this girl? Tom's training. And I like clicked on her and she's like, she is an amazing dancer and she had all these videos on her thing and so I started following her because I just like love watching her dance and she uploaded I like had had not talked to her and she uploaded one video like a couple weekends ago and I like sent her a message and I was like okay this might be really creepy but like I just randomly came across your page and I just fucking love watching you dance like it just makes me so happy and she was like oh, i just God. randomly came across your page <laughs> slash saw you at the gym found you on ig here we no, are i didn't no i only saw her on instagram oh okay yeah okay, okay. yeah that that i have done that before though <laughs> yeah I was no shame say. in the creepiness of instagram um Sounds so like that's my fuck yes Okay, well, I will counter that with a fuck no, is it's really devastating when Spotify hits you with a really shitty daily <laughs> playlist. Like, where have you been, Spotify? Like, have you I don't not... listen to any of this. Yeah, like, I thought your algorithm was supposed to be flawless. Right. Like, what the fuck? I've never... Well, that's really disappointing. I always just listen to, like, my, my songs. Oh, but I like to discover new things, mm-hmm. and so I'm like... I'm putting out a vibe, Spotify. Pick up on that vibe and right. get some more this of it. The vibe. Yeah. I'm much more like I want comfort. So mm-hmm. I want the songs that I know. 
Oh, well, definitely there's days for that. But I feel like if I'm like riding my bike, that's a good time to like listen to new music. Right. Or driving in the car. Yeah. Or like, you know, when you're trying to pick a movie and then you watch one you've seen like a thousand times. Because <laughs> it's I just like, it's comfortable. It's the story of everybody's life. Oh my God. But there's research to that. It's yeah. because it's familiar and gives you a sense of like grounding because it's yeah, very it's certain. Safe. You know what's coming next. And so you're not surprised or taken off guard. Yeah. So it can be like really helpful if you're experiencing anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. Uh, that's that. That's that. Cake dough. <laughs> when you said that last episode, I thought of that because I remember when the boys had Romwad and Brandon made the password like cake dough. Or yeah. something like no, that. No, it was that's that cake. Right. That's that cake. Yeah. <laughs> Glorious. Um, okay. So yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, preferably with five stars would be awesome. <laughs> but tell us Not how you we think we're so great, but just five stars makes us more available to other yeah. people. Yes. It helps us spread our message. But regardless, we appreciate you being here listening. At least we're hope. We hope some people are listening to this. I know some people are. They tell me about it, and then they tell me all about... When you said this, I thought it was weird. I'm like, oh, right. fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, leave us a review. We're choosing one reviewer every month to be our listener of the month and win some gift cards to use towards any of our services. Paradigm so, dollars. Par- oh, I like it. Paradigm bucks. What do we like yeah. better? Paradigm cash? Um bucks dimes paradigms paradigms you get them paradigms <laughs> um yeah so do that um and then if you want more from us you can follow us on instagram at sarah cod fit at nicola spencer and at paradigm nutrition underscore um also you can get on our email list on the website we've been neglecting the email list lately we gonna get back on that um, but there's lots of freebies on there too. So yeah. that's how to find us again. Thank you for being here. We had fun on this episode today. And we did have fun. Yeah. Too much. I will leave with one last thing. Okay. When we asked like our audience to provide questions, Brandon got on there and <laughs> trolled me hard. He left like six ridiculous questions on my personal one and then went over to paradigm and also left yeah semi-ridiculous some good some actually like we should answer these in the future yeah but just the fact that he spent maybe 15 minutes of his day trolling my instagram love him so much yeah the best That's one i'm just gonna important. read it loud i'm addicted to sleep gummies help <laughs> is he actually uh, no oh. one of our friends is though and she talks about it all the time <laughs> like like weed gummies or like uh, at first like it was CBD. melatonin mm-hmm. um, and now weaning off of that I believe it's CBD awesome. and I'm like eh that's good it's a yeah. better trade sleep is important yeah yeah and gummies are good yum yum <laughs> anyways we'll see you all next episode be on the flippy flip <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>